welcome to Board Game Binge, the place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode, we're chatting with Cody Miller, game designer and owner of Far Off Games. His company's raised millions of dollars on Kickstarter and has just completed their latest campaign for Aridia, The Paths We Dare Tread. Cody, welcome to The Binge. How are you doing today? Oh man, James, thank you so much. I am doing fantastic. You must be on cloud nine. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, absolutely. Is, is this beyond you, like way beyond your expectations, would you say, or just uh, kind of where you wanted, uh, you're hoping Defin- or thought you could? Oh no, it? definitely. I mean, when we were coming into this project, we knew it was incredibly ambitious. And so yeah. um, we set our goal at like, here's what we need to actually do this thing. And if we can hit that goal, we're golden. And so anything over that has been, I mean, we almost doubled it, which was crazy. Yeah. So yeah. Just so for people, so $750,000, at least I think in Canadian, anyway, was it 750 US or Canadian was? The uh, I think it was 720 US. Okay. 720 right. US. So yeah, it'd be 750 yeah. Canadian. Uh, that's a massive goal. I think that's probably one of the yeah. largest ones I've ever seen. So when I saw that, I'm like, were these guys just really confident <laughs> or, or they just uh, actually know what they, this thing was going to, this beast was going to cost to make. And uh, it's probably the latter. We're going to get into the game components in a little bit. I think people are going to be as blown away as I was. Like when I saw this, <laughs> I was like, wow, like what else could you throw at this? Like this guy's literally done everything. Um, Thank you. <laughs> but before we done, we do that. So how long have you been in the industry? So you got into this industry, how long? Um, so I started far off games in 2013. So coming up on or a little over eight years now. So, yeah. And then when you started it, you were a game designer, like where, what were you doing? Were you working somewhere? No. Yeah. So, um, my, my plan was, so I was in school, um, for software development. So, uh, we're pretty close to Portland here in, um, Oregon in the U S and so my plan was our, our plan was I was going to go to school, get my degree, and then we were going to move to Portland um, from our little town here on the coast. We were going to move to Portland, and I was going to be a software developer. And um, during that time, I got really into board games. And as a hobby, I'd been designing this game called Zaya, which is kind of like a Han Solo simulator, basically. That's and awesome. uh, yeah, so I spent just years designing it and then making my friends come play test it every you know couple months or whatever. And um, so when I was going to graduate, I talked to my wife and I said, hey, there's this new thing called Kickstarter. I started following it. I think I could put my game on there. And what I would love to do is before we move to Portland, can I do this project? It'll probably take a few months. Um, and so she's awesome. And she agreed. She was like, yeah, go for it. So my goal was I'm going to make a thousand copies of this game and not uh, lose my house or my marriage. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, so we put it on Kickstarter and um, that was also at the time, like a very ambitious game because it had pre-painted miniatures and yeah. nobody was doing that other than like Hasbro at the time. And so um, we put it on with the goal of $100,000 and people would jump on the Kickstarter and they're like, this looks awesome. Yeah. You're never gonna fund, that's way too much. And so, I couldn't cancel it um, at that time. Like it wouldn't let you cancel for whatever reason. And so I just felt like throwing up every night. I'm like, I don't know what I did. I'm so like, this is terrible. How are we going to make this? And um, then Tom Vassell did a video. Yeah. 
uh, I sent him a preview copy, which was back when he doesn't do that anymore, but it was back when he did it. He watched it and he was like, you need to go out and back this. It's awesome. And he called me on the phone and like told me all the things that were wrong in the rule book. And I like, yeah. um, and then people just started jumping on board and we actually ended up like fun overfunding. And um, yeah, so from there, things just kind of snowballed and uh, I ran the numbers and I was like, Abby, uh, Abby's my wife, Abby, I think I could do this like for another year. Instead of moving to Portland, we could do this company. <laughs> what do you think about that? I run it out of our bedroom. And she was like, okay, if, if you want to try it, I'm sure. And so that was sort of the start of, or that was the start of Far Off Games. So, wow, that is awesome. And then, of course, you never look back. You're still, uh, you're still doing it. And, yeah. and so with, with Zaya, there was, I think I saw like, was there like four different expansions and things like that? I think you've had like four, it's a four campaigns in total around Zaya. Or is it three? Yeah, I think we've done three. Gosh, I think we've done three Zaya campaigns. It gets, had the, it's the hard for me because we re, we've reprinted a couple times okay, yeah. on our own without a Kickstarter. Nice. Uh, but yeah, so there's three expand or two expansions. So we've done three, we've done three Kickstarter projects for Zaya. Um, so the first one, and then we did um, Embers, which is like a full-on expansion. And then we were going to do a reprint of Embers, but it was so expensive. Um, and Ira Fay, um, who um, designed the solo aspect of Zaya for the Embers expansion, yeah. he was like, hey, let me do a mini expansion, just a deck of cards that'll give new missions and new powers. And so it's called Missions and Powers. And so we did that. And that was sort of the third campaign uh, for Zaya. So yeah, <laughs> been on Kickstarter a lot. Oh, that's crazy. And then you had another game. It was like a surfing game. I think it was called like Tavarua or something like that. Tavarua? Tavarua. Yeah, it's Tavarua, actually okay. an island in Fiji, okay. um, which is like a surf mecca, basically. Um, and so that game was not a commercial success, but um, my dad's a surfer. I live on the Oregon coast. And so I just like designed this game for my dad. And it, um, for Zaya, it took me nine years from like inception to yeah like all right we're it's made tavarua took me about 45 minutes to design i like sat down and like made it and i was like that i think that's it okay yeah and it, and then um i thought oh we'll just put it on kickstarter and see um and i didn't realize but there's um maybe i should have realized but in hindsight there's a strong contingent of board gamers that don't gel with sports games mm, that gotcha. um and so so there are a lot of people who are like i love zaya i love your game but i can't do sports games so we'll see you next kickstarter <laughs> which is yeah. fine i i didn't realize they're like oh, i don't surf so i don't think this game's for me and it was a little confusing to me because i was like do you make power grids or like I, there's there's like all these things where people yeah. are happy to like be a farmer in the 1800s or something, but surfing is like a sport. And so I learned, it, I learned a valuable lesson there. I mean, it's still you, uh, I'm looking at your page right here, showing everybody else. I mean, you hit $32,000 mm-hmm. with 661 backers. There's a lot of people would be very happy with that campaign, right? Like that's oh, yeah. not like that. That's, that's a pretty decent campaign. Uh, clearly it's smaller, right. Than some of the other ones you've done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I wouldn't call that necessarily a, a failure in terms of Kickstarter. What sure. caught me off is when I look at your portfolio, 
right? And you see like kind of RPG, D&D, and then you see space. And then you've got like a surfing game <laughs> kind of sandwiched in the middle. There's like, where did this yeah. come from? But it, uh, it's clear if uh, if there's this family tie into it, then I think that's uh, that's pretty cool. You definitely have to follow your passion. And, you know, there's going to be a game for somebody, for everybody. There was a uh, Ascent. We had interviewed the team that did Ascent, which is a, okay. a rock climbing game, right? And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it did quite well on Kickstarter as well too. So I think there's some people that, might kind of like to live maybe they're never going to rock climb themselves but you know to play a board game rock climbing or maybe they're never going to surf but to play a game where they can imagine that they're surfing. absolutely that's yeah still, uh, still pretty cool so with this this next game like uh, aridia mm-hmm. like it, i don't even know where to begin it is so huge and and so um for lack of a better word i guess well thought of i guess is the way like it it, bl- it blew me away when oh, wow. I saw Thank this you. campaign, um, I'm going to show on the screen for people here if I can get back to your actual page. Already oh, there we are. Um, so starting off at the top, you you're, you finished off with 10,577 backers. Congratulations on that. Um, oh, man. Yeah, I mean, you hit uh, $1.4 million. Uh, I don't know if this is in Canadian or US dollars, but either way, sure. it's over a million, which is huge. Congrats on Insane, that. Yeah. Um, where did the, before we get into the guts of the game, which again, mm-hmm. like there's this, I can scroll forever. There's so much in here. Um, where'd you come up with the idea for this game? And, and yeah. when did you start working on it? Those are, those are great questions. So um, I started working on it in 2014. So when the original Zaya campaign, when I sent the final files to the printer, um, I was like, okay, what do I want to do next? Um, and being a, the nerd that I am, I was like, I love sci-fi and I love fantasy. So yeah. I just did a sci-fi game. Let's do a fantasy game. And so, uh, I, that was sort of the genesis of it, it was, I want to do a fantasy game. What could we, what could I do? And, um, at the time I had been talking to my board game group and, um, I was considering doing a D and D campaign for them. So I was like, this will be really fun. I'll run like a weekly D&D campaign. We'll play through Because we had played like um, Descent, like mm. version one Descent and everybody loved it. And I ran the campaign. Um, so I was like, like uh, how hard could a D&D campaign be? And I started looking into it. I was like, I'll just get like the quick start box or whatever with everything in it. And yeah. I couldn't like, there was the red box, but it had like just some paper stuff and it was just a starter. And I couldn't find like the whole... There wasn't a box that you could buy that was like the game. And yeah. so I did a bunch of research and it's like, okay, I borrowed books from people and I found out, I was like, if I'm going to do this, it seems like I'm going to be doing like two or three hours of prep every week for yeah. this game. That's going to be great for three people or four people, if you include me. And so I thought, okay, I want to do a fantasy game for far off games. And I want to do this D and D campaign. What if I, instead I just, put all the work into making basically like a D and D in the box, how, in a box. So someone who wants to run a campaign for their friends could just buy this box and play a RPG. And so that was sort of the start of it was I was going to do this D and D campaign and maybe I'll just make it into a product. And um, so that was yeah 2014. So seven, seven, seven plus years, something like that ago. And so um from then it, it sort of snowballed into like, okay, well, what are my favorite things about fantasy games? And like, I loved um, playing, I played 
before there was World of Warcraft, there were MUDs. I don't know if you know what that is, where they're like online text-based. It's basically World of Warcraft, but it's all text. So you're okay. reading and typing like attack the dog or, you know, whatever yeah. it is. And um, not dogs. I don't know why I said dog. You'd attack goblins or something bad. But um, so I was like, what if I like added some stuff of that? So like some narrative and in those games, you would move room to room and each room would have a description. So you're like, you're in the house and there's like water dripping in the corner and you could like interact with the water of like, oh, and it's a puzzle or something like that. Yeah. And so um, just all these sort of ideas, um, playing the game Skyrim on computer. Yeah. Like, oh man, I love open world games. What if I did this as an open world game? And so all these sort of ideas over the years just sort of started compressing. And um, at one point I had basically two fully cohesive designs. One was basically a fantasy version of Zaya. So you sit down and you go from start to finish and it's competitive every time. Yeah. Um, and it's like a fantasy sandbox. And then the other one was what Aridia became, which is a campaign that you play cooperatively. Mm -hmm. And over the course of successive playthroughs, you and your friends get to explore this world together. And um, those, both those ideas were really strong for me. I was like, I would play either of these. Which one do I want to do? And I felt like I already did Zaya, so why not try something new? Just as a designer, that's always like, what's the new thing? What's the new thing? Well, I was looking uh, through the player boards and the player pieces. The first thing I thought of was a video game and and Skyrim. Yeah. Actually, I'm like this this is this is as close as you can get to playing this as a video game, right on the board. Like there, sure. I have not seen anything like this. It is replicates the video game experience as well as you do here in terms of the RPG. And Skyrim is a great uh, analog for that. Um, everything from even your player boards where you're equipping your weapons and so forth. Yeah. And then, you know, you run at a time. So then, okay, well, that player board, I can actually stack on top of all my pieces and it goes in a folder and we want to play again tomorrow or next week. I can pull it out and it's going to start right exactly where I left off. It's like saving your game, right? Totally, um, yep. You, the 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 exploration I was uh, showing um, uh, on the screen here while we're talking, I'm going to see if I can find it again. This yeah. idea where you're exploring the the map and you're pushing down on the on, oh here it is right here. I got to show people. People are watching. People listening. Oh yeah, okay. Go okay. check out. The I can't. Page I can't see what listening. you're showing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're if you're listening, go check out the Kickstarter page. <laughs> you will be blown away by the by the visuals of of what this game uh, does in, in in these different mechanics, but. You've got uh, these you, little, <laughs> no worries, but you got these little pieces. You, you push down on the hexes and that pops up and then you can flip it over. Yeah. And so you're exploring your world as you go along. And then each of those, you then die, you, you zoom in and now you're going to uh, play like a dungeon, I guess, for lack of a better word, right? Mm -hmm. of, of each of those, those places. Then when you're in there, you've got loot boxes, which are randomized that different people can have. And you can, you, you know, find treasure and you, you get different treasure than the other guy and you're equipping it onto your player. And it's, I know I'm, I, I sound excited, but it's because I am like when I was reading. Oh man, this, me too. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah, it is so awesome. The maps. And can you talk a little bit about the art? Who did the artwork for this? Yeah. So we had a couple different artists actually. So yeah. um, in 2015, I started working with uh, Mr. Cuttington, yeah. um, the husband and wife team out of Quebec. Um, and we worked on Tavarua with them and they were so awesome to work with. Um, and so I talked to them and so they did the cover art 
and yeah. like all the monsters and items and yeah. they did the um cons they did a lot of the concepts for the graphic design and so they yeah. really like did all the key art um in that sense and that cover art man it took us months we did like different revisions just to get like we wanted to hit that right note of yeah nostalgia and exploration and that like open world feeling and and so i i'm like so pleased with how well david and lena did with that yeah. and then um they got hired by another company um in like 2018 and so i started um looking so there they sometimes will do um different pieces i'm like hey i needed one more one more monster or something and they'll like sketch it out for me and and do it but um from there, we were working with um, an artist out of Germany named Philip Ock, mm -hmm. and um, he's been fantastic. He took all of the graphic design key art that um, Mr. Cuttington did, and he sort of extrapolated that out and did all the icons and like built, did all the hard work of building those things out into like real cards. Um, and he's also from there branched out into doing um, some of our, um, we have kind of like, cutscene art so as you're playing the game there'll be like these full-on like scenes that it's like this is what's happening right now um at important moments in the game and he's doing those which is fantastic so i even think it's cool like that i was scrolling by a little bit earlier where mm -hmm. you come into like if you enter like a house and then the roof of the house you flip it over and now you see inside the house right like again like a video yeah, game like it's totally it, it's very very clever the way you've approached this um, and then that, that's not even getting into the painted minis. Can you talk about these painted minis? Like where you can, again, like in a video game, right. Where it's like, Oh, I want that character to look different. Well, guess what? You can do that with this game. You can take the head yeah. off and put it, you know, I want that one to be an orc or I want to take the head off and make it a human. And you can change the class based on how the body is. And then, but they're pre-printed. So you don't have to worry about painting. Everything's ready to go. What was the inspiration behind that? Was it, uh, the Zaya that kind of led you down that path or? Yeah. I mean, Zaya was a big deal for me. Having pre-painted miniatures really makes me happy. <laughs> like having a board, cool. yeah. having, having a game with painted miniatures makes me really happy. So like my copy of Descent, I painted all of them and it took me, you know, 300 okay. hours or something like that. Wow. Um, and a lot of like some of the things that you've talked about, like the quick saving and the hexagons that flip over and they stay in the board. Yeah. A lot of what um, a lot of the design consideration for Iridia has been, how can we make a game that's accessible for people who, like me, have a job and children and yeah. limited gaming time? Like, um, so for me, or, and some of my friends, it's like money is not the biggest constraint. It's a lot of times, as far as like buying new games, it's time to play them. And so like, with Iridia, we wanted to be as considerate as possible of your time. So when you and your friends sit down, it's not like, okay, I got this game and now I'm going to spend, you know, 200 hours painting everything. I wanted to like, okay, we've painted all the miniatures for you. We've randomized um, all the loot for you. Everything's set up and ready for you to play, for you and your friends to sit down, eat pizza and like play through this game and really enjoy it. And so um, rather than doing having to do you know, prep work for a D&D &D campaign. I want you to just sit down and like, okay, we're going to enjoy the story all together. Nobody has to be the DM. There's no books you have to read beforehand. You don't need to know anything. You just jump in and 
Like you can start playing this game in minutes, basically. Yeah. Um, and so like the character creator is one thing that like for me in role-playing games, I love when it's yeah. like, I'm going to play a new game and you're going to make your character what, uh, like how do I want my character to look, my hairstyle and all that. And so um, for me, I was like, how can we like emulate that in a tiny way in this game? And so I played around with a lot of design ideas and spoke with my manufacturer, like what is physically possible in a miniature that's, you know, 32 millimeters tall. Yeah. Um, and so I came up with this idea of like the body represents the class yeah. and uh, your head represents your character. And so yeah. I want to be, you know, this old grizzled orc guy and you can take that head and then what class do you want to be like I want to be the rogue so you put him in there and um so that just it took years to develop honestly and I've had yeah. like a bunch of failed prototypes where like the head snap off because it's too small yeah. or like um, they're too big so they don't fit on a board and and so like yeah <laughs> a lot of development time went into just making those little heads switch <laughs> It's cool. And I was just scrolling past uh, about a minute ago, the, um, even the player board where you equipped your characters, which again, reminds me a lot of Skyrim, right. And mm -hmm. the tiles that click in. So it's like a dual layer board. So it's not like you're just like throwing tiles on the table in front of you. Like these things, everything like nests in other, in, in, in themselves and each other. And yeah. It's so well contained, right. I guess is the best way I kind of describe that sure, in terms yeah. of the player experience. It's, it is clear that you have spent a lot of time uh, developing this game. Like there is zero doubt in anybody's mind. I think they look at how epically huge <laughs> this yeah. game is uh, good for you. And I'm just oh, I'm going to show this picture again on people watching live. This is the image of all the different bodies. You got six mm -hmm. bodies, got 12 different heads. Um, I was reading somewhere that you had something like 900 or over 900 cards, over 300 map cards, world maps, uh, yep. There's like 40 hours of, uh, of gameplay here, metal tokens. Like there's just so much that you can do. How does the replayability work? Can people come back yeah. and like after they finish the campaign, that like that 40 hour investment, can they come back and do another mm -hmm. 40 hours or how does that work? Yeah. So this was a big question for us. How do, how do we handle replayability? And that was just going into making a campaign game. Like that's probably going to be the number one question people are going to ask, like, what is the replayability of this? And so um, there's a number of different factors, but basically um, the goal for radio was to make work. I called it a green legacy game. Yep. The goal was to make a legacy style game where your choices are permanent for the campaign. Um, and the world changes as you're playing through it. So you're, opening packages and you're like, oh, here's a new thing as you're playing through the game. But at the end of it, instead of tearing up cards or putting permanent stickers, you can fully reset the game. So um, that was like those hexes that you pop and flip over. Yeah. Those were um, originally, I was like, well, we do stickers, I guess. And um, that was before I was thinking of it as a green legacy. And so that whole design came about from like, I want to be able to have it. So when you pull it out, the cool thing about a legacy games, it remembers everything, right? Yeah. And so this game fully remembers, like you pull the map out, here's all the things we've explored. I remember being here, 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 all this. Um, if we want to change the map, we can change it. Um, but then 
when you're done with it, you can flip all those back and we'll have a sheet in the rule book that will tell you, you know, put this here and this here and put everything back how it was when you got it. And so the game is fully replayable, fully replayable physically, yeah. which is like point one. And then as far as um, content, we're providing um, six character classes, yeah. which each one has a different play style. So depending on the number of people you play with, if you played with, uh, you know, three people, you'd have three more classes to play through with, um, which will provide different like combat mechanics. Um, mm. The monsters vary depending on the threat deck. So you'll have different encounters can play out completely differently, basically as far as combat goes. So the combat will still be engaging and interesting. And if you're playing as a new class, then you have way more tools to like defeat enemies with, right? Um, Story-wise, there are some beats that you will be able to make choices. Um, in general, we wanted you, if you're playing through a 40 hour campaign, we want you to see the majority of the game, yeah. right? We don't want you to, at least for my money, I don't want you to play through and be like, wow, we missed half of it. Mm. Uh, we wanted you to be able to see stuff because in real, in reality, a lot of people are going to play through the campaign one time and then move on to a new game. At yeah. least that's how I play. I play. Yeah. And then um, for me, I have kids. So like I'll play through a campaign and then I'll want to play through again with my kids when they're a little older or something like that. And yeah. so that's sort of the design of Iridia is like, we want you to experience the whole game you can reset it, put it on the shelf, and then you can bring it out for a new group. Or you could loan it to somebody or sell it if you're done, yeah. like all those sorts of things. And as far as like future, we could talk about that. Like, are there going to be expansions or stuff? We have a bunch of ideas that we could, you know, bring out new content. But, so on, so on yeah, that yeah. note, so th this game, again, is there's so many details around it. So yeah, getting this to market now. Uh, next, I think it's next Christmas or next uh, fall yep. is when this thing's going to hit the market. I'm sure you've done a lot of the planning, and obviously you you, you spent a lot of time planning this. Um, what's kind of next? Like, what what do you guys work on? Like next, do you wait till this yeah. kind of gets out because there's so much work involved in getting this to the market, or are you already as a company kind of thinking, okay, what's what's next on the docket? Yeah, or what is that? Yeah, so there is still plenty of work on Aridia to do. And so that is like 100% focus on um, getting Aridia to the printer, to the manufacturer, locking in the logistics. Logistics have gone crazy this year. Um, oh, yeah. so, so just managing that is first and foremost. Um, as far as what we would do in the future, um, we're probably going to listen to our fans and have, like, have a conversation. I have, I have like a drawer full of ideas so yeah, i mean most I can, game designers do right most yeah game it's designers so easy like, to come up with ideas but like yeah. what is it that you feel passionate about enough about that you want to spend years of your life doing yeah um and so i did i don't know we could we could go back and do some more zaya we could do um more iridia or we could do something new and so i don't know so in the interim yeah the the plan is get this thing to market and yeah. then kind of see maybe what uh, expansions or or further kind of supplemental material you can maybe provide for this particular game. Is that kind of where you guys are? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I mean, I've spent seven years on it. So like I long time. It is, but it's been so much fun. And yeah. um, I think 
doing an expansion for Aridia would be super fun because all the hard work of the systems is done. And now you just get to like screw with people and like make whatever sorts of weird uh, stories you want. Like, yeah. I think that's a lot of fun. Just, I mean, if you've ever been a DM, you can basically just do all that kind of stuff. Like, oh, we're going to have this weird event that does this thing that takes you through a wormhole or whatever you want to do. Yeah. Um, so that's really exciting to me. Or, um, I, yeah, I mean, you could really do anything. Well, certainly you've got a massive fan base to build yeah. up, right? Over 10,000 people for this campaign. Man. Um, and that that's during the Kickstarter campaign. Obviously you'll get more people even to come on board after the campaign closes with, you know, pre-orders, last minute orders sure. and things like that. So this is going to continue to grow as it gets on tables around the world and people start seeing it for themselves and get blown away. Like I was when I saw it, those people are going to say, okay, now how can I get my hands on this game? So you can talk about second prints and so forth. So I'm yeah. sure there's enough stuff here to keep you guys occupied for a while. If somebody wants to follow you and, mm -hmm. and your company's journey, like if they want to be part of kind of the ecosystem, so they get regular updates, how do they do that? How best do they do that? Yeah. With you guys? Um, so if you go to our website, faroffgames.com, we have a newsletter and we send the newsletter out. Um, we try and do it monthly or whenever there's something useful for us to send out. Yeah. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at faroffgames, Instagram at faroffgames, um, Facebook slash faroffgames. If we're far off games everywhere, pretty much. Um, those are probably the best places. If you check, uh, if you just type in Aridia Kickstarter, you, we're, I'm going to be posting an update today after this um, podcast. So like, that's a place where I'm going to be really active and I'm answering people's questions there. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Well, for anybody listening uh, or watching, uh, so in the show notes of the podcast, uh, both on YouTube as well as in the audio podcast, we'll put a link. To the, the Kickstarter page. So if, if people are interested, at the very least go check it out. Just if you're, if you geek out over games and, and game design, check out the page. If you're looking to do a late pet pledge as well, you can check out the page. If you're looking for it on Kickstarter, uh, already is spelled A-R-Y-D-I-A. -A. So A-R-Y-D-I-A. Type that in, you'll find the game from uh, Far Off Games. And uh, Cody, I just want to thank you for coming on the podcast. I know you're going to be crazy busy right now with such a massive campaign. Um, but it's so cool to see people have this kind of success uh, in this board game industry. So I want to congratulate you guys and your team on that. And wish thank you, you all James. The best. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. I mean, again, thank you so much for bringing me on the podcast. It's super fun. And uh, yeah, thank you to all the viewers and listeners. Uh, and it was great fun. having you. All righty, you take care. Cheers. Bye-bye. This has been an episode of the Board Game Binge Podcast, hosted by James Staley, produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner, with original music by Nick Smith. If you would like to watch these interviews live, simply join the Facebook group Board Game Binge, and you'll get access to live interviews, giveaways, and interesting board game content from across the industry. I can't wait for you to join us. See you next time.